0: All right, Hawks fans and hoopball fans, we have a special hoopball promo. This is big, real big, like Manny Fresh, house real big, car real big, daddy. Anyway, before I start singing and dancing in the booth to in a New Orleans classic, this is a huge week for everyone at hoopball because all of our 2020-2021 NBA season products are finally for sale. These hoop ball products are the best in the business. So listen up. Here's what's out. The draft guide. This is our flagship, our shining beacon like Superman. The most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy sports. Our guys went 400 players deep again this year. A future access pass to the Brewski 150 is also out. If you don't know what the Brewski 150 is... You need to know now. It's the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for the last decade. Decade. And new for this year, Hooball is unveiling our new monthly membership plans. I'll try to keep this part short as much as I can. We have the fantasy pass, which includes the draft guide, the Brewski 150, and also the new DFS pass and all of our in-season premium tools. The DFS Pass is also available on its own, if that's your thing. We have the new Wager Pass for our sports bettors out there who want picks and analysis. And we have the HoopBall360. The sucker has all of the stuff above, plus even earlier access to the Brewski 150. So head to hoop-ball.com or follow at Hoop Ball Fantasy on Twitter now. Right now. Like, go on Twitter right after you hear this to learn more and get yours today. If you want to succeed in sports betting in your fantasy basketball leagues this year, this is a no brainer. Again, go to Twitter right now at Hoop Ball Fantasy or go to hoop ball.com and get right today. The following is a hoop ball presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Go! To fly, Swish. oh my goodness, yeah, hello and welcome back to Hoop Ball Hawks, the show here on the Hoop Ball Network that is taking flight, we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks, I'm your host Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and the Hawks, who are 1-1 in preseason so far, are gearing up for their first and only road games for this preseason when they travel to the Volunteer State to take on the Memphis Grizzlies on Thursday and Saturday of this week. We will talk about that matchup a little later in the program, and we will talk through our guest thoughts on the first two games for the Hawks in the preseason, as well as we'll talk about the other teams in the Southeast Division, including the Orlando Magic, who we have familiarized ourselves with with the first two preseason games. But without further ado, I now welcome the GOAT. One of my mentors to the show, the host of the Hawks Beat podcast, great Hawks coverage. Plus, you need to follow and subscribe. And it wasn't the first time that I said this on this program, and it sure won't be the last. So follow and subscribe. Might even pause it, even pause the show now and go look it up. Follow subscribe because he does a wonderful job. But I welcome Edwin Powell, or I call him Edub, to Hootball Hawks, Edub. I've been meaning to have you on this show for a long time, and it's still been a long time coming. But ain't no time like the present. How are you doing this evening?
1: I am well, my guy. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for the the uh, the introduction, man. We out here just trying to grind, brother. That's all we're trying to do.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, we we are definitely grinding, and you and all the other uh, media professionals who've been covering the Hawks and covering them in the media sessions and getting the sound bites. I just want to say I know that I give credit where credit is due on this program, even when you're not here. But I want to give you credit now and just say you, you're doing a fantastic job. I'm looking at all your tweets. I'm trying to get hang on to every word because everything, like you said in this in this business, it it lends to something. It lends to something. It points to something, and it gives us something. Where all right, they're saying these things to the media. How is it translating on the court? What what is what is leaking out? And th- those things play a factor in a season. And so I just want to tip my cap to you and all the others for just a wonderful job that you guys have been doing. I appreciate it, man. And,
1: and to be honest with you, man, the reason why I do it is for that, you know, because I'm, you know, you and I had talked offline and, you know, I tried to get you some access, but this kind of wasn't the year to do that. But <laughs> the reason that I post stuff like that, like a Lloyd press conference on my YouTube or a trade press conference on my YouTube is so that you can hear it and that you can get that information And so when you go on your podcast, you can say, hey, well, Trey said X, Y, and Z. So it sounds a lot better when you say it like that, or or as opposed to, well, I think Trey is thinking this, you know, so that's really the reason why I post all this stuff and for everybody else who may be wanting the coverage, maybe wanting the access is so they have accessibility
0: like that. Yeah. And and like I said, I I can't, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you enough. And. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you can go ahead, pause the show, and then restart it when you, want, when you want to. But please follow him, subscribe, because some of the interviews that he does with some of these players and, and he's able to do with Lloyd Pierce and whatnot are just great insight into the team, You know, just beyond what you see on a sports center, on a Fox Sports or whatnot. Sometimes like, he, he does a really good job. And it, just his demeanor, you're going to feel comfortable listening to him while he's on the show today, but they just feel real comfortable when he is interviewing them and and asking the questions and whatnot, so it doesn't feel like he's out for ulterior motives and thinking that he's a pawn like Kyrie Irving is talking about right now. Uh, <laughs> they can they can see that he's genuine, and you're going to see how genuine he is throughout this program. So we're gonna we're gonna start things off because I really want to get your take. I know it's early. I know it's early. We all know it's early. People say, "Oh, it's the preseason." We don't want to read too much into it putting too much stock in this and that way to the regular season. That's okay. It's a precursor. You see some things in the preseason. If they work, you're going to see them in the regular season. If they don't work, you ain't going to see them in the regular season, hopefully. So I want to get your initial thoughts on what you've seen from the Hawks in the first two games.
1: Oh, well, they're, they're a typical team of trying to put it together. Um, not many teams have had the turnover that the Hawks have had this offseason. And so, you know, they're kind of at a disadvantage, you know, because they're trying to put so many pieces together in a short amount of time. What has been good is to see how well it has been, even in a short sample size, two games. But seeing, like, look, man, at the end of the day, if you have better players, it just makes life a whole lot easier. <laughs> yes, it does. So what I've seen thus far in the short sample size of just two games Uh, guys trying to figure each other out, trying to figure out their spots, guys trying to figure, uh, trying to get back into the the game shape. And, uh, you know, all the other X's and O's and details and stuff like that, that's going to come. But that's kind of the main thing I've seen, just guys trying to get back in shape, trying to figure it out, getting ready for the season. And tomorrow we'll see another notch in the belt to see how the progression, how everything is going.
0: Yeah, and like you said, when, when you have uh, good players on a team, it just kind of just buffs things out. And they're playing with a lot of energy and a lot of effort, which I talk about on this podcast. On the most important things to be consistent game in and game out is to give that consistent energy and effort on both ends of the court. So with that, coupled with the talent that we have on this roster, is it has, you know, bode pretty well with a one-on-one record in the preseason, especially, you know, we lost one to a playoff team from last year. But what has surprised you about this Hawks team early on? What has
1: surprised me is that how well, not that I thought that it was going to be a train wreck in the beginning, but I was very pleased with how well they came together initially. You know, we didn't know what Clint and John was going to look like. You know, we assumed the fans assume it's going to just be seamless. And you've heard me say it on my podcast several times. This is not NBA 2K. You don't just throw guys in together and just, you know, make it work. So I've been surprised but that they haven't been bumping into each other and running over each other is more than they have. You know, they're still figuring things out. But it has looked better than I have expected it early on. So that was kind of be my surprise.
0: Yeah, and they're trying to work it out. They talk about it to the media. You could tell they work on it in practice and that they Everyone's trying to get theirs, obviously, when they're trying to carve out minutes and whatnot. But even in those aggressive players like DeAndre Hunter, a Cam Reddish, a Kevin Herder, uh, you know Trey Young trying to find find his rhythm, they're trying to engage the whole team. And I think that selflessness is what's really surprised me. Not that I thought that these were selfish players, but just how mm-hmm. selflessness and how willing in Eager they are to get everybody involved and get everybody on the same page because they know that if everybody's on the same page, that's going to take them further as far as reaching their goals. And Solomon Hill talks about all the time. I know a little of the sound bites have come out about buying in a defensive end, buying in for each other, for this team. And I love that those are the narratives that are coming out. And I mentioned Solomon Hill, who is one of our new additions, but out of all the new additions that we brought in, um, we can't talk about Oyeko Okongwu because he hadn't been on the floor yet, or Rondo or you can talk about it around those impact or Chris Dunn, but who has impressed you the most out of the new additions? I got to say Clint, even though we, we technically got him
1: last year, but this is the first time uh, we're getting to see him on the court. And it's just been a pleasant surprise to just not worry about the rebounds. Cause he going to gobble them all up. <laughs> He's going to gobble them all up. Yeah. It, it reminded me of when we had Dwight uh, and Dwight was that type of tenacious rebounder. Um, the difference is you look at the duo that we had back then with Dwight and Paul Millsap, you know, now you have a duo of uh, Clint Capella and John Collins, but the difference is this team is surrounded by much more talent than uh, when we had Dwight and and Paul, you had a bunch of guys who were a little bit older, a little bit not as athletic, but Clint has really surprised me and just how he's, um, just attack the boards and, you know, him and Trey have thrown a couple lobs, you know, well, Trey's thrown a couple lobs to him, but uh, Clint's been my guy that I've been like, oh, okay, we're here now. <laughs> you dig?
0: And it's funny because just knowing you in a short time, I figured you were going to say him, uh, <laughs> but I still put the question out there anyway. I said, I'm, I'm going to see what he says. I feel like he's going to say Clint. And I agree because I feel like that energy and effort that he gives when he comes to chasing down rebounds and, you know, being in the paint, it's infectious, and I've talked about this on this program, that it seems like everyone's going for boards. I mean, I know last game, even though Herder didn't shoot well, he had, I think, seven, eight rebounds himself. Reddish was getting rebounds uh, the game before when he was on the floor. So everybody is, you know, chipping in and getting boards and trying to create second-chance opportunities, and that's going to be a real big key, and we'll talk about that key going into these two matchups against the Memphis Grizzlies. It's funny that you brought up the Dwight Millsap combo, because obviously that was the last time the Hawks were in the playoffs, and I know I talked about that team, that last playoff team for the Hawks a few episodes ago when Josh Lloyd was on, and it's nice that we have that dynamic. It was present then. It might be present now. they got to continue to work on continuity, and that team made the playoffs. We have more offensive firepower on this team than that team, so we'll see how things shake up, but as far as returning players, Who have you been most impressed with with those who are returning out of the young core from the Hawks?
1: Um, I think the obvious answer is is DeAndre, but I'm also looking to see what Cam's going to bring to the table. Um, Just that group, uh, that duo of DeAndre uh, Hunter and uh, Cam Reddish. Cam is one of the, the fan favorites in the Atlanta Hawks organization. And for reasons that I'm not really quite sure of, to be honest with you, uh, I mean, I like Cam. I love Cam. I, I think he has a tremendous upside. I see a lot of Tracy McGrady in him. If you had to pin me down, I would say like now, like I think DeAndre Hunter is the better basketball player. I don't think DeAndre Hunter is the better, has a higher ceiling. I think right now he is the better player. Now, a lot of folks who are who are like, you know, Cam fans may, may come uh, mentions about that, but I'm really interested <laughs> to see. What both of those guys bring to the table. DeAndre has already responded in the two games that he's that he's played. He's shown a level of aggression. He's shown a level of maturity that he had last year. You know, and but it's just it just seems like okay. I've been around once. Now I know what I'm doing. Cam Reddish, and to his credit, he said that this year he you expect to see a little bit more from him as well. He talked about coming in and just like realizing, that, man, hey man, that three point line is far. like these are like real conversations he had so uh now he's a little bit stronger a little bit wiser so i I would say that duo of of deandre hunter and cam reddish
0: yeah i don't think it's a stretch you saying that deandre hunter is the better player now obviously he is because he's in the starting lineup and another thing that kind of gives him a leg up on cam reddish and i i agree cam reddish has a higher ceiling but deandre hunter has been available you got to be available you got to be on the court and he came in injured last year, and did he worked himself back? And obviously, co-made in that nice stretch before the stoppage of play, and now preseason game. I mean, it's just ankle soreness that was reported, but he was he wasn't available that second game. And DeAndre Hunter's had two games, and he's going to continue to be Mister Consistent, Mister Reliable. So I'm really interested to see. Uh, and I know um, on the program I call him the Magic City Trio because uh, he's <laughs> a young wing. Uh, I'm really interested to see how they, you know, no pun intended, take off and soar this year with all having another year of experience under their belt. And I'm going to ask, what do you see that is maybe not alarming, but something that needs to be corrected sooner rather than later from this Hawks team early on?
1: Well, I mean, I, I still think that even though you brought in a Chris Dunn, even though you have a Capella, even though you have the Wings, uh, Ken Reddish and DeAndre Hunter, who are really good defensively, I still think defensive, they're going to have defensive issues. You kind of had a peak of it uh, watching the Orlando Magic with uh, Fultz and Cole Anthony, the way they were kind of getting to the cup kind of at will. You know, that is going to be a problem. They're going to have a problem with – penetrating point guards guards who are aggressive guards who can put pressure on the defense they're going to have a problem with that until they play better defense individually and as a team trace is going to have to get better defensively last year he was god awful i mean like the metrics say he was worse than the league defensively but the idea is if you take off some of his offensive load last year he was you know damn near 30 and 10 you know Uh, If you take off some of the offensive load that he has to carry every night, the idea is that you get him to a point defensively where it becomes manageable. No, he's not going to become all NBA defense. But you want to get to a point where he just become manageable, and you don't have those guys like Fultz and, and Cole Anthony coming in, because you're going to see a whole lot of you're going to see a whole lot of that in the league. Because you know Westbrook's in the East now. You got Ben Simmons in the East. You you got some good point guards over here, Kemba Walker in Boston. You're going to have to address that. But to me, that is still an issue of concern. And and and, and let's not pick straws here. You're not going to be good at every facet of you know basketball (laughs) you know you're just not going to but if there is one to look out for that's going to be one
0: and we have a test coming up as well and John Morant who is I mean a penetrating guard who likes to get to the cup and he's going to stress that defense and test that defense so even though I don't know who scheduled these preseason games both of these contests are good test yeah for this team and we're going to talk a lot of, a lot about that later on when we talk about that game up in and grid and grime city in memphis yeah and the last question i have before we get to our promo is what dynamic are you paying the most attention to as this season progresses you mentioned capella and collins um, i've talked about you know bogey and trey Gallo and the bench and whenever Rondo comes back. So which dynamic are you paying attention the most closely to as the season progresses?
1: To be honest with you, man, I'm I'm not worried about any of the starters. I'm anxious to see what that second unit is going to look like and who is going to be the guy, you know? I believe that Gallinari is going to be your sixth man. I think he's going to put up traditional Gallinari numbers, 15 to 18 points tonight. you know? Uh, he's going to be there, but with Gallo, you have to you have to kind of put him on a pitch count. He's had some injuries. Uh, you don't want to run him into the ground so that if you do make the playoffs, he's not available. So there's going to be nights where, where Gallo's going to be a DNP, you know. So does a Cam Reddish come in and take that second unit by the hand, you know, and say, hey, look, man, this is going to be my guys. You know, if, if I'm coming off the bench, I have to dominate. I have to be more aggressive. I have to be more aware. So. Uh, the dynamic that I'm looking at is to see how that second unit shapes up. Same thing with Rondo. You you imagine that Rondo's probably going to be a backup point guard. But last year, Rondo played 20 minutes a game. And Rondo's another guy you're not going to play every night. He's going to be on a pitch count. He's older. You want to save him. You want to preserve him. So uh, what does it look like with Brandon Godwin? Those are kind of the the little nuances that I'm kind of looking at in the second string. I, I believe the starters will be fine. They'll work out all the kinks. They'll be fine. I'm kind of looking at
0: that second unit yeah and we have the depth and and I said on a previous program bench is going to be key and they have the potential to be a really good bench but like you said when those veterans and I and I that's the importance of John Collins continue to work on defense without fouling because we need you on the floor because we don't want a situation where you're out of the lineup a lot during a game and you have to put Gallo out there and then it bites us in the rear end later on because we put too many miles on this leg. Yeah, You're absolutely right there. And in that second unit, that's where it's going to be key for you mentioned Reddish Herder is going to have to, you know, really play big in that second unit and stay you know,
1: healthy you too. I mean, yes, we talked a little yeah. bit about uh, Cam Reddish having an ankle, you know, and it wasn't nothing big, you know, coach was just like, you know, he's got an ankle, he's fine. But you know the one thing you can't do when you're competing, you can't sit out because of an ankle. You know what I'm saying? It's not. I'm, I'm sure he didn't. He didn't. He didn't try to get a sore ankle or nothing like that. But the same thing with Kevin Reddish, he he was having like some uh, kind of soreness after the game. Look, man, you are competing now. You are competing. So uh, those are the things you got to have, man, if you want these minutes because they're going to be
0: at a premium. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's where you know Tony Snell comes into the picture whenever he is available. For this Hawks team, is that he has that ability to come off the bench and knock some shots, and is a capable defender in that second unit. And he's not, you know, clamoring for huge minutes, but he'll be able to be available in Solomon Hills as well with experience himself. And you don't want him to play, you know, extended minutes, but like he played, he played fifteen minutes the other night because of some personnel being out. And he, he stepped in and he made an impact, in my opinion, just with his energy that he brought on the court. So depth is our friend, but you're 100 percent correct that we have to be everybody has to be available in order for this bench to really take off this year. So we're going to continue this discussion about the Southeast Division. But a quick plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm gonna plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% Deposit match bonus, 100%, just like an A plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is is that no cash is required to enter and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back with Edwin Powell, a.k.a. E-Dub from Hawks Beat. And we will continue the discussion tonight, shifting gears to the Southeast Division. And as I said on a previous program, in order for the Hawks to achieve that goal of playoffs, the Hawks are going to have to fare well within their division. And in an offseason where each of the teams, in my opinion, outside of the Orlando Magic, made roster improvements, it will certainly be a challenge but I think it's one that the Hawks are ready for because I think they did take the biggest step up in the division, but we still got to play the games. We still have to have able, healthy bodies as we talked about in the segment before. So it's yet to be seen, but for those who may not be familiar with the divisions within the respective conferences in the NBA, the Hawks are in the Southeast division and it has the aforementioned Orlando Magic, Miami Heat, Charlotte Hornets, and the Washington Wizards. And I personally think that in this division, Any team that's in the top two, as far as the standings in this division, you should be a playoff team. So the goal is to be in the top two when it's all said and done. If you're aiming for the play-in tournament, as some people think that the Hawks should be aiming for, and that's a minimum to aim for the play-in tournament. I think you must shoot for the top three, maybe even top four in a division, depending on how the other divisions in the East shake out. In my opinion, the Southeast Division is the second best division in the Eastern Conference behind the Atlantic division, which will easily probably get four teams into the playoffs when you look at Toronto, Boston, Philly, and Brooklyn. I mean, those four are probably shoe-ins, barring, you know, catastrophic injury to get into the playoffs. The lone team in that division that's gonna be out of it are the New York Knicks, which That's neither here nor there. Uh, (laughs) The the Central Division, they have two teams probably vying for the playoffs, one for sure, one probably as far as the Milwaukee Bucks, who should be a shoe-in for the playoffs, and then the Indiana Pacers, who were in the playoffs for the last several years. And now that their coach, who was – at their helm is here in Atlanta. Hopefully that impact will be felt with us here in Atlanta, but they have a new coach, but they still have their pieces somewhat in place in Indiana. So I expect them to be in that conversation, leaving out Chicago, who I think will vie for a chance in the play in tournament with a experienced head coach, a good players coach and Billy Donovan in Chicago. We'll see if they could continue to take steps forward. Injury is a big key for them. I think Cleveland will be more competitive this year but I still think they're a year or two away and then Detroit is in a full rebuild with a very forward-thinking roster right now with all the additions (laughs) at the four and five they the three four and five that they made in the offseason leaves you scratching your head and that just leaves two spots in the top eight as far as being in the playoffs and then you have the two spots on the outside looking in as far as being in the play-in tournament I think Miami is still the best team in this division until proven otherwise but after discussions with the other correspondents uh, who cover the teams in the Southeast Division, Edub, who do you think is the second best team behind Miami? And, I, and that might still yet to be seen. As, and I think time will tell personally. And I think that the Magic, the Hawks, and the Wizards all have a case. But who do you think is the second best team in the Southeast Division? Oh, man, that's a tough one. And to be honest with you, man, like I'm,
1: I'm, not, I'm not sure I can answer that because mm-hmm. who do I think is the second best to be safe and to be conservative, I'm just going to say the Orlando Magic because they were the second best last year, and um, I don't know what they'll be this year. But I know one thing: they still have that core of Fournier, Gordon, and uh, Vichuviks which is pretty good. Like a lot of people talk trash about the Magic, but they made the playoffs last year. Yes, they were an a seed. Yes, they were under 500. But you know, they had a they had a winning record at home. They had those three who have played a lot of games together. And they've always given the Hawks fits. So it would be easy for me to say, oh, it's the Hawks because we got all these new guys. But, you know, then somebody in Washington can say, well, oh, we got Russ and we got Danny vision out. You know, someone in Charlotte can say, well, we got the ball kid and we're bringing back Rozier and uh, Devontae Graham. So everybody can make their case. So just I'm, I'm a big believer of until you show me, I'm you're going to be the champ. Right. So right now uh, we know Miami's is going to be the top dog. So everyone else is fighting for second. So until second is given up, it's got to be an Orlando Magic.
0: I agree. And for a reference for the audience, uh, the two teams that made the playoffs from the Southeast division were Miami and Orlando last year, and they both finished with winning records against their division opponents and winning records at home, which are two benchmarks that I said are really key for the Hawks uh, to make the playoffs this year, as well as, Faring well against the rest of the Eastern Conference, which Miami had a record of thirty and thirteen last year. In Orlando, were they were three games below five hundred, but still that's not bad. Especially when a little below five hundred still gets you in the playoffs sometimes in the East. So mm-hmm. that's for reference. That's the benchmark that the Hawks have to you know shoot for. But <laughs> as far as obviously not making a prediction on who's second, well, I'm totally fine with you saying the Magic it, it, until proven otherwise. Just like Miami's the best until proven otherwise. Who did you see making the biggest leap in the division? Is it the Hawks or is there is another team in the division? Well, I've already been on record for saying the Hawks, so I can't, I can't really go against that.
1: Uh, and this is me trying to be, you know, just, just looking at the pieces that they've added. I think that they've added more than all of those other pieces together. Uh, they've added more than the Hornets, the Wizards, the Magics. When you look at the free agent moves outside of the Westbrook deal, there hasn't been any really blockbuster free agency moves. Uh, Atlanta had a solid draft. So as far as just the moves and the, the, uh, the roster development, Atlanta has definitely made the most. Now is, is, does that mean they're automatically better? Not necessarily. Cause it all could, you know, go to crap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, guys can start complaining. Trey can start getting mad that his, he's not getting the stats that he was last year. I mean, it, it, there's no guarantees here is what I want people to understand, but, uh, they definitely made the most changes in the off season. And, I, and if, if we was given off season awards, I would give it to the Hawks.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you said it and Jason Walker, shout out, Jason. Uh, sorry about LSU being Florida, but I'm not sorry about that. <laughs> uh, You both have said, this is not 2K. You can't just put a roster together and it's just going to just play out because you're controlling the team. There's a whole bunch of other dynamics that come into play and you spoke great to that right there so but and i agree i think they made the biggest leap as far as roster itself but we still got to play the games and the wizards think they made a leap as well as you alluded to adding russell westbrook and moving on from john wall and i think it will certainly make things tougher as they finished third last year in the southeast division and ninth in the east without john wall who they moved on from but obviously they got the most out of the stl native brad bill who Should have been an All-Star, should have been All-NBA, but that's neither here nor there now. It's a new season. Turn the page on that. And whether they had Wall or Westbrook this year, I foresaw them being better this year and being the wild card in the division and as well as the bottom half, We started as the playoffs go in the Eastern Conference being that wild card. Um, So how do you think it will play out up in the DMV this year? Um, I'm kind of split on the DMV. I had a good conversation with a
1: guy uh, talking about the Wizards this week. And uh, I'm still not sure of what Beal and Westbrook will look like on the court. I think it'll be it'll be something you got to pay attention to because those are two very good basketball players. I'm not sure of how Scott Brooks is going to work that style. I think the X factor for the Wizards is their draft pick, Danny avija uh, no. I don't think that uh, as as my dog is backing me up. I don't think many people are talking about – look, man, this is a guy, kind of a steal, who could have easily been a top-five draft pick, who's 6'9", almost – probably be 6'10 by the time the season starts, has to handle as a point guard, can shoot the ball. Uh, He's going to be a factor. The only problem with the the Wizards, they have lack of depth, and they don't have any defense on that squad. So Mm – uh, <laughs> that would be my only but this is going to be a team to be reckoned with. I mean, offensively, you still got Bertans, who can shoot the ball and spread the court. You got Bryant down there and the a young guy in the middle who who can cause havoc. So, they have some pieces, you know. They have some pieces.
0: Yeah, and not to mention, you know, Troy Brown had a really strong bubble Exactly, and he looked to be, yes. you know, pretty good coming off the bench and uh, I love Danny, I see you. I I, I like the Danny Avila uh, uh, Draft pick. They still got Roy Hachimura yeah. who's still making and the, making. And, and, and I love
1: the Hachimura pick, and I love the Danny, but like those are guys. I, I was kind of. I wouldn't mind seeing those guys in Atlanta. Both of those guys, and they and both of them fell to the Wizards. And uh, kudos mm-hmm. to them, man, for for drafting those guys.
0: Yeah, so they're definitely trying to right the ship. Uh, it's still yet to be seen, just like it's here in Atlanta. But I think they'll definitely make things interesting. And then we talk about the Charlotte Hornets, who I openly on this program dog, uh, <laughs> and rightfully so, because, you know, although N.J. is the GOAT on the court, he is not the GOAT in the front office. With his uh, moves that he has made in, in years past and certainly this offseason, uh, head scratcher and bringing in, Gordon Hayward to try to spice up things offensively, and now he is hurt. Yeah, uh, but, you, but you bring LaMelo Ball, who's very promising with his size, his ability to pass. His vision is just already elite. And if he can continue to get better on a defensive end and knock down threes consistently, he could be a very, very good player in his league for years to come. And we've seen flashes of them offensively, in the preseason but defense is still a question in the queen city just like it seems like defense is a question for every team in the southeast division outside of the two teams who made the playoffs last year in orlando and miami the hornets were fourth last year in the southeast division and 10th in the east do you expect them to be fourth in the southeast division this year or you can speak to 10th in the east do you expect them to be the same spots in those respective standings or do you feel them you know taking a step back or what is your thoughts on that? I kind of
1: see them being exactly what they are now. Like, I mean, exactly what they were. Um, kind of middle of the pack, cause, cause they're all kind of bunched together, right? Atlanta, Charlotte, Washington, Orlando—they're all kind of, kind of quasi bunched together. Uh, and 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 we talked about it a little bit earlier. I think where Atlanta separates itself from some of these teams is its depth. So we can talk about LaMelo. We can talk about Russ. We can talk about the big three and the magic. But when you get to their bench, it is crickets, right? So, you know, the the Atlanta Hawks have have so much – have an advantage this year. This year, not last year. (laughs) Because they didn't have that depth this year. So for the Hornets, I mean, I think adding LaMelo was good. I mean, we all know about the the defense. He is – I, I guess you could say he's a guy who puts butts in the seats but not this year <laughs> high IQ guy he, he he knows the game of basketball who's who's gonna be uh, who's gonna get better as the years go by but I, I see them evidently just kind of being kind of right there all right now kind of they're four, they finished fourth in the southeast I kind of see him doing the same thing I'm not really that high on the Gordon Hayward kid Um even though I think he's got talent, he's just—I mean, what he—he's spraying like a pinky toe or a pinky pinky finger today, like yeah, yeah, pinky finger, yeah, yeah. Like that's not the him. guy I want to be my alpha. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. That's just kind of me.
0: Yeah, and I was going to ask the question, but I'll bring it up now. Rookie that you're most excited to see see in this division is it Lamelo Bar or is it another rookie? Um, I would say LaMelo, and
1: that's because, you know, for the entertainment factor. I mean, at the end of the day, man, we're, we're, this is entertainment. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, he, he he's primetime basketball. I mean, I find myself watching some preseason basketball just to check the kid out. You know, he, he's always going to have a highlight. He, he threw a nice. He, let me tell you something. Him and Miles Bridges going to have some nice alley-oops this season. Ooh. You know, we got a little taste yeah. of that in the preseason. But that's what Melo likes to do. He likes to put on a show. And uh, so, yeah, man, like, yeah, that's the guy I'm looking to see.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. As much as I dog the Hornets, I'm excited to see what (laughs) LaMelo does. And I think he'll definitely elevate that play on the roster, but especially on the offensive end, but defense is still the question in the Queen City. And as far as the – I'm going to ask this question before we move on. The best player in this division, in your opinion, who is that player in the Southeast Division?
1: Oh, man, the best player in the Southeast, it's got to be Jimmy Buckets, man. Got to be Jimmy Buckets. Um, just based on, and again, uh, best player doesn't mean, you know, doesn't have the highest ceilings or whatever. We can talk about ceiling and all that crap later on. But the best player right now, as of today, is Jimmy Buckets. You look at the tape, you look at the film that he has, the resume, uh, the finals that he had where he single-handedly won his team two games in the finals against a Lakers team with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Like, you single-handedly won those two games for you. Not many players in the Southeast can say they can, that they have done that. Well, actually, nobody can say they've done that in the Southeast, but, yeah, it's
0: got to be Jimmy Butler. Yeah, and he, and he was spectacular in the finals, and I tip my cap to him. He's definitely – all that narrative about him being a bad teammate, that should cease after what everybody saw. I always, I never thought he was a bad teammate, but, you know, the media does what they do. And,
1: yeah, they got their know. little angles that they like. But here's the thing, man. You ask anybody who ever played with that cat outside of Caps and Andrew Wiggins, and, and they're going to ride for Jimmy.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, again, we're going to continue to poke at – Kyrie Irving pawns that <laughs> comment uh, in that regard. Uh, but I am certainly excited about this upcoming season and the opportunities ahead for the Hawks. And I wanted to have this discussion just to give context to which games, besides the games against the juggernauts in the Eastern conference or the you know, Western conference, when the Lakers roll into town, that hold weight for the Hawks and are must wins in order for them to make the playoffs and to give the, give context for the fans And I certainly appreciate you, Edub, again, for the work that you've done covering the division and getting those correspondents on to add life to your show, which is already a great show, and to add life into this show. Secondarily, uh, and for reference for you guys as well, the Hawks play each of these teams in the Southeast Division three times this season, being a 72-game season. Normally, 82 games is four times, but this year there will be three times. The first game against the Charlotte Hornets and LaMelo Ball will be on Monday, January 4th here in Atlanta, followed by three days later, another game with them up in Charlotte. First game against the Washington Wizards, and that'll be the end of the 20 game stretch that Alan Sroki, you know, mentioned on this program. That will be real crucial for the Hawks. Shout out Alan. And they play the Washington Wizards in DC on Friday, January 29th. The first game against the reigning Eastern Conference champion, Miami Heat, will be down in the 305 on Sunday, February 28th. And then two days later, in Miami as well on Tuesday, March the 2nd. And last but certainly not least, the Orlando Magic, who we've already seen twice in the preseason. We will not see them again until Wednesday, March 3rd in Orlando. So just to give you guys a context as to to when we play those teams so you can keep track on your end, see what the record stacks up, and hey, if you have a winning record against those teams or close to it, should bode well for us, but we'll talk about our next preseason game that's coming up tomorrow against the Grizzlies. But first, a quick plug for ExpressVPN. There are tons of VPN providers out there. You probably heard of a couple of them, and some of you may have even used the VPN before. Just like I do my research for all my shows to provide my listeners with the best Atlanta Hawks podcast out there, I like to do my research on my sponsors. And I only recommend brands to my listeners that I believe in. And I can say with full confidence that ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. Here's why. ExpressVPN doesn't log your data. Lots of really cheap or free VPNs out there make money by selling your data to ad companies. ExpressVPN developed a technology called Trusted Server, That makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your information. Second is speed. Like Deion Sanders said, speed kills. But in this case, it does not kill your internet speed. I've tried lots of VPNs in the past. Many slow your connection down or make your device sluggish. I've been using ExpressVPN for the last few months and my internet speeds are still blazing fast. Even when I connect, to servers thousands of miles away, I can still stream HD quality videos with zero lag. The last thing that really sets ExpressVPN apart from other VPNs is how easy it is to use. Unlike other VPNs, you don't have to input or program anything. You just fire up the app, click one button to connect, and it's easy, like TI, song, be easy, and trap music. Ooh, great album, underrated Atlanta classic. Anyway, it's not just me saying this. Wired, The Verge, CNET, and many other tech experts rate ExpressVPN as the number one VPN in the world of the world. Craig, so protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust. Use my link, ExpressVPN.com/hoopball today. And you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. Three months. Good Lord. Again, that is expressvpn.com slash hoopball. Visit expressvpn.com slash hoopball to learn more. All right. We are back to talk about the next preseason game matchup for the Hawks, which takes place tomorrow against the Memphis Grizzlies at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Fox Sports Southeast. The Grizzlies, who are led by reigning rookie of the year, John Morant, and the Grizzlies, who are 2-0 in the preseason game after beating the Minnesota Timberwolves twice. The Grizzlies were essentially a few possessions away from being in the playoffs last year. And just like the Hawks hope to be in that position for this season, the Grizzlies wish that upon themselves as well. They want to get back, and they've tasted it. Fell short and now they're hungry. And certainly, John Morant is motivated to get them back there. As far as you know, and he's going to have to carry the team so far, especially early in the season, with Jaron Jackson Jr. still out from knee surgery. John Morant certainly looks ready for the season as he is averaging currently in the preseason 18 and a half points per game, nine assists, and five and a half rebounds. Priming himself for a monster year, and they will need it from him if they're going to make the postseason now, West, which is just a gauntlet. Other players who have had good preseasons for the Grizzlies early on are Jonas Valanciunas, who was a double-double machine from last year, and they will have to lean on him with JJJ out as Valanciunas is averaging 17.5 points, 6.5 boards, and three assists in the preseason. Kyle Anderson's looking good early on, along with Dylan Brooks, who can light it up when needed. Very streaky player, but when he's on, he's definitely on. Uh, D'Anthony Melton, who just got a new contract to stay in the 901, He's been looking good early on in the preseason, and a rookie who I'm, I was very, very high on late in the first round, Desmond Bain looks really good early on, and I think that he will have a Malcolm Brogdon-type impact because he's just a very mature player, being a four-year player out of college, and now he's on the Memphis Grizzlies. As far as for the injury report goes, for the Grizzlies, JJJ, as I mentioned, is going to be out with a knee. Tyus Jones will be out with a knee. Justice Winslow is going to be out with a hip, and they will most likely all, for, cert- for certain Jones and – uh J.J.J., but Justice Winslow, they will all be out the game tomorrow and Saturday. Brennan Clark, who had a really good rookie season last year for Memphis, is day-to-day with a growing. Rookie Xavier Tillman is day-to-day with a knee, and he could certainly be in a rotation this year for Memphis as a defender. And we'll, on the flip side for the Hawks, injury report goes, Cam Reddish is still battling right ankle soreness is day-to-day. Um, I expect him to suit up one or two of the games. We'll see. Rajon Rondo's battling right ankle soreness as well. He's day-to-day as well. And he may be available for the Hawks game on Saturday, not tomorrow. That's yet to be seen. I would love to see Rondo on the court as he's seen to be a positive impact for them on the bench and in practice for them. And this is great to have a in that locker room with all those young pieces here in Atlanta. Okongu with right foot inflammation. He will be reevaluated on December 18th. If that goes well, We could see him on Saturday, potentially making his NBA debut. Chris Dunn, who has been reported, he will be out at least until December 28th, which means that he will probably miss the first week of the NBA regular season. And, and he will be reevaluated on the 28th, as I mentioned. So this game will be a good preseason test. As we alluded to, they have a guard who can penetrate the paint and, you know, really cause havoc and really, you know, penetrate the defense and, that could cause problems, and I expect this to be a very competitive contest. Points will be scored, but I think the team that plays the best defense will ultimately win both of these games. The Hawks must guard the paint as the Grizzlies love to get into the paint and finish, and they are averaging 58 points in the paint this preseason. That's a stat that we've been losing in the preseason game. Thus far, and that's going to be a key to really limit that as that really lends to success for the Memphis Grizzlies. We have to continue the ball movement, off ball movement to get open shots because Memphis can be really stingy on the defensive end as they're known historically for being a very stingy defensive team as they held Minnesota to 40% shooting in those two games in the preseason, forced a lot of turnovers through steals, which is something that I said the Hawks must continue to clean up as the regular season approaches, limit those turnovers. They were really bad on that end last year. They've had a lot of turnovers early on in the preseason, but a lot of new faces got to build continuity and it'll get there. Now, again, I know this is another preseason game, but this is a chance to evaluate the roster, work on rotations, continue to build chemistry amongst these new faces on the roster in this young core. Hopefully they can get Reddish back so he can continue to showcase his skills, be aggressive and carve out his minutes. e what are you watching from the Hawks these next two games to close out the preseason? Um,
1: I want to see, like we talked a little earlier, um, the penetration of the guards. Um, and I'm talking about defensively. So how are we going to contain John Morant, uh, for these next two games, what is going to be the game plan? How well are we going to execute it? And uh, I just want to see that. And I, I, I just want to see the continuity of the guys, how well they play together, the ball movement. Not so much into the wins and the losses in the preseason. I want to see how they play. I'm actually looking to see towards the end of the bench. I, I, I want to see how the guys who may be slated to see uh, who may be slated like the uh, the Brandon Godwin, Skyler Mays, you know, the Bruno Fernando. Uh, I want to see those guys play a little bit better. And uh, so I kind of look for things kind of like that.
0: And I know Skylar Mays, who I'm very high on uh, as an LSU fan, he didn't get in the last preseason game, but certainly made his impact and shown his potential in the first game. As he got a steal, he got to the foul line, he made the first free throw attempt, uh, missed the second one, but got the rebound and got fouled again. And that hustle and that determination just to get to the foul line and do whatever it takes for the team. It's something I think Hawks fans will fall in love with. He will certainly be a constant probably on the Skyhawks in College Park or for the G League team for the, for the Atlanta Hawks. But, I mean, it's good to see them play. Hopefully, like I said, in that second game we can get Okongu back to really see how he looks. Obviously, he's going to have to get in shape. And luckily, if he even if he doesn't get in on Saturday – He has several practices leading up to the regular season to work himself into shape, work himself within the team, and we'll see if he can get minutes here or there as the season progresses. So I'm assuming I was going to ask a question before we wrap things up what to what you hope to see improve in next two games it sounds like it's going to be defense uh is there anything else we allude to that we need to see as far as improving defense and continuity for the Hawks? no
1: for, for me it's going to be a season-wide thing you know I, it's gonna be that's gonna be something they're gonna be working on all season i think the most uh essential part of this season and i think i guess it hasn't been talked about a lot it's health you know what i'm saying like we're about to embark on a 72 game season in the midst of a global pandemic where the numbers are far worse than they were when they stopped the season. So <laughs> it's like I mean I I really like in my personal opinion I think that it, it would probably be better if they started the season maybe a month from now but I understand the bills got to get paid and they're in the business of making money so I get it. I'm not going to push back on that but I think if you can have guys that are staying healthy abide by these protocols and don't miss time, you know, I, I think that that might be the difference between being an A-seed and being a 5-seed possibly, especially in the East, you know. And, and and this is me not saying that I want anyone to get that dreaded virus, but what happens if Antetokounmpo gets, gets you know, covid and he's got to be out for almost two weeks or 10 days or whatever. You know, yeah. we don't know the effects of this of this virus. So I think the health is going to be a, a, a central part of team success this year. And, and I pray that everybody stays safe and everybody looks to podcast. Like I want everybody to stay safe from this virus. But that is something real that you're going to have to consider this year.
0: I 100 percent agree. I hope health and wealth for everybody, you know, who listened to the podcast and as well as these players as well, just remain safe through this time, because as you said, this season is going to be all gas and no breaks. And I think when you break it down, I think each of the months they're going to play about 14 games a month. So it's going to really be a grind. And if you say like you get COVID, they're going to be out at least 12 days as far as what I saw from protocols and, and 12 yeah. days, that could be five games depending on how, how, how the schedule shakes out. So it could be a tremendous impact. So I know father time is undefeated in, and- Hopefully we can get some wins with the coronavirus vaccine that has been out. And I know people have been putting the ESPN uh, NBA <laughs> that music. That was brilliant. Just to say, man, the, whoever convention. put the music to
1: it, <laughs> wheeling out the virus, that was absolutely
0: perfect. <laughs> that was one of the funniest things I've seen in a minute. But, but that is, uh, hopefully, you know, that can help take carve out the undefeated record of COVID-19 and give it some L's as we progress through this season. So it's yet to be seen. We got to see how this plays out. And we're seeing glimpses of this Hawks team early on in the preseason. It started on last week on Friday with the magic and preseason will end with these two games against the Grizzlies on tomorrow, Thursday, and on Saturday in Memphis before they start the regular season on the 23rd. And they start the respect tour, put some respect on my name <laughs> as as Hawks on December 23rd and it starts in Chirac so uh, Greg I keep giving shots at you at hoop ball Bulls, love you man you're a wonderful person but we coming for your bulls man <laughs> absolutely for, uh, but but dub I want to thank you again for coming on today everybody this is Edub from Hawks Beat again stop right now if you haven't already the, mo- the two times I've done this subscribe, follow this man is one of the GOATs. He's one of my mentors. And that's why, when you heard the little bit you heard today, he brings every single episode. So please check him out. Edub, can't thank you enough. Tell them where they can follow you, see your content. And like I said, I want all my Hawks listeners or just NBA fans in general tuning in. I want you to tune in to Hawkspeed as well, like you tune in for Hootball Hawks. So Edub, tell them how they can connect with you.
1: Oh man, no doubt, man. I appreciate the love as always, bro. And you know what, it is, you know what it is, man. We, this ain't gonna be the first time we talk, you know. Um, yeah. Hawks beat everything, man. Just uh, on Twitter and Instagram, Hawks beat. It's all one word. Uh, we're really pushing a lot of our YouTube content this year because our coverage has been different. So we're doing a lot of more. We're doing a lot more podcasts. We're, we might be doing some preview shows before the games. Uh, so we're, we're pushing out a lot more content on our YouTube. Uh, you can find that in the hub is thehawksbeat.com. Don't forget the duh, the, T-H-E, uh, thehawksbeat.com. We're on Facebook. Uh, we're on all the, the the platforms where you get your podcast for the free, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Anchor, wherever. We're, all, we're on all of those platforms, man. I appreciate uh, the invite from the hoop ball Hawks. You guys are doing a great job, man. Continue, continue to push that content, man. Push that content. And the numbers and the crowd and everything else is going to follow after that, man. You're doing a great job.
0: Man, I appreciate the words of wisdom. And, again, do not forget the the. If you're an Ohio State Buckeye fan, which is disgusting <laughs> in my opinion, and y'all put the th on the Ohio State University, y'all need to put the the on the Hawks beat. And the Hawks need respect this season, and they're going to take it from you. You you give Edub in and the Hawks beat respect. respect this program guys if you love what you heard today give us five stars give us a good review share it tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a family member to tell a friend to tell a friend about the hottest new podcast covering the atlanta hawks share with fellow hawks fans and basketball enthusiasts across the globe follow us at hoop ball hawks on twitter that is at hoop ball hawks follow myself Brad Jarrett 6 7. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67 And as always, yay!